0: Welcome to The Untrue Show, Episode 3. Hello everyone, how's it going out there? Things are great over here. I'm excited because it's now December and I love looking at all the holiday decorations and listening to all my holiday stations on Pandora and Spotify and I'm just really into the holiday spirit right now and excited that um, I get to see my family again uh, in a couple weeks, right? And uh, we'll get to hang out with friends and I'm going to a holiday concert and a couple holiday parties. So this month is going to be really great. Um, and I hope the same for you guys. I am going to get started with all of our trending topics. So over the Thanksgiving holiday break, I saw Moana and I I loved it. I thought it was such a great movie. Uh, Like I said, I went with my girlfriend and we went to um, one of the like dine-in type theaters. I think it was Buckhead, AMC Buckhead Dine. Yeah, something like that. Well, we went there. It was my first time there, but I really enjoyed it. Lin-Manuel Miranda did a lot of the music for the movie, which I really enjoyed the songs. I liked them. I, of course, I mean, with the Disney movie, I saw a lot of themes from Pocahontas, from The Little Mermaid, um, wrapped into Moana's story, which I didn't mind at all. Um, I appreciated them. And of course, they had the Easter eggs, which the one big one that I noticed was the, I don't remember the name of the um, moose. Is it a moose from Frozen when um, there's one part where you see him and then I heard that the Flounder was in it. I missed that one, but it was right when uh, Maui is singing thank you. And then at, the, at one scene, there is a shot of a coconut that looks like Baymax. If you guys have seen Big Hero 6, then you know who Baymax is, but it had like Baymax's face on it. So, um, that's my new thing lately is watching these YouTube videos where people have all these conspiracy theories around Disney and Pixar films. So some of the Easter eggs, um, they've mentioned, but some of them, like the one, uh, with the moose, I saw myself, but anyway, if you haven't seen Moana, I definitely highly recommend it. I think that it's amazing. I mean, it, it amazes me to be able to go to the movies and to see an animated film, with all brown people um with all people of color um that shows off the polynesian culture and i love the polynesian culture so much when i was um, in high school i went with my family on a trip to hawaii and we visited the polynesian culture center and i just always remember that part of our trip more than anything else just because you learn so much there throughout the whole day, and you eat food like they eat, and they incorporated those things into the movie, which made it even more beautiful, and then the vo- the voice talent was so good. Um, I really enjoyed The Rock's character, and the girl who played Moana is Hawaiian. I think she's 16, and she did such a great job, but anyway, I'm not going to use this whole podcast to sell you guys on Moana, but see it. It's really, really good. So, um, another thing that I was able to watch over Thanksgiving break was Gilmore Girls' A Year in the Life. Um, I was so shocked by the last four words. I'm not going to spoil them for anyone. And a couple minutes in, I realized I no longer needed to be Team Logan and I needed to continue to remain on Team Jess. There was a reason why I picked Team Jess in the beginning. So, I'm going back to Team Jess, sticking with that. But... I was just shocked with the where Lore, uh, Rory was in her life. Not where Lorelai was, but where Rory was in her life right now. I just didn't see things happening for her the way that they were happening at the current time. But, you know, it was a good, a, a good place for her to be just because she was always this, like, really, really perfectionist, really, really driven, really, really focused person. And this was the first time I feel like I ever saw her character just be just – Like the rest of us, like unsure what she wants to do, having career struggles, applying for jobs she doesn't really want, getting rejected from jobs she doesn't really want. I mean, it happens to the best of us. I've definitely been there before and it's the worst feeling in the world to need a job and apply for a job that you don't want and then have that job that you don't want tell you you're not going to be hired. Um... If anything, the job process will make you learn so much about yourself. And that's probably a whole other podcast for a different day. But I think that seeing her in this space or seeing her in that place of her life just took me back to when I went through it. And um, just seeing where she was in her relational life was a bit shocking to me. But I never saw Rory as a character who desired to be married. I never saw Lorelai as one either. So... I wasn't too shocked about where Lorelai was in her life, but I was totally shocked by how the how the 4 episodes ended. The last four words definitely were a bit shocking to me. I didn't expect them, but in hindsight, I really do think that the last four words made a lot of sense as I thought back to her Rory's actions and behaviors throughout the whole 4 episodes. It 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 did. It did make sense in alignment with those. It just didn't make sense in alignment with who she used to be. But people change. They grow up and life hits you and you just become a different person and you grow and things happen. So, anyway, the next thing that I'm going to talk about is um, the Shia LaBeouf freestyle. Have you guys heard about that? So, I was actually, I don't know how I found it. Maybe it was on YouTube. Uh, There's this. Track of Shia LaBeouf freestyling, and I don't know if he wrote his own freestyle, but the lyrics are not terribly horrible. But I haven't heard from about in like anything about Shia LaBeouf in forever. I loved him in the ter- two Terminator movies that he was in. Was he in two or three? I liked the first two. I didn't really like third one, but the the especially the first one. The first one was so good. Um, but the last Terminator movie is kind of whack with Mark Wahlberg, and I love Mark Wahlberg, but it just was a bad movie. And I'm saying Terminator, but I meant to say Transformers. My bad. (laughs) But the one with Shia LaBeouf, that very first one was so good. And he was so good in Holes. And um, I miss him acting. I loved him in that Sia video, Elastic Heart. That song's great. Um, So to hear him freestyling, I thought was cool. Maybe he's... Back to acting again, that would be great. Um, like I said, I like his movies, like his acting, except that one Terminator movie just blew it for me. But I keep saying Terminator, but I mean Transformers. Sorry about that, Bumblebee. And the next thing I want to talk about would be This Is Us. I don't know if anyone out there watches that show, but I swear every week it makes me laugh and it makes me cry, and I just love the show. Um, it's about these three siblings who are – they just turned 36 and the first episode starts out with uh, when they were born and how everything came to be because they're actually not siblings. There's two of them who were born in a set of triplets and one of the triplets died. So the same day, you know, after they have the kids, the parents are like, we plan to go home with three babies and this baby is brought into the hospital and Left there, he's an African American baby, and the couple is white, so they end up adopting the African American baby, taking him home, and they all you know grow up. And now they're 36 years old, so it kind of does flashbacks to when they were younger and then into present day to where they're 36. So I love the show just because it's just all about the family dynamic, it's almost like the equivalent of parenthood. Um, and this is a great show that kind of comes in to take the place of that because I'm telling you you cry every week and I'm not even a big crier and I just always find myself in tears over the episodes in this last episode the African-American son just is really wanting to meet his dad so much that he's going up to couples when they're out in public asking them if they can roll their tongue because it's a genetic trait and the mother um and father just trying to figure out ways to, you know, help him, you know, feel, feel comforted in just his own skin. So they end up taking him to this karate class and the karate class is, the teacher is a black man and most of the kids are all black and um, the teacher has every dad come down and do pushups with the son on their back and they just, the, the symbolism there is that this, the father has to carry the son through life and it's his duty to take care of the son and his duty to make sure he grows up and becomes a man and a positive influence And the and um the father in this case who's Milo um I'll just call him Milo V I don't really know how to pronounce his last name but he's also Jess on Gilmore Girls he does the push-ups with the son on his back and that's the part that really made me cry I was like wow this is this is yeah, it was intense, and it was a it's just a really powerful moment of him saying like I'm not giving up on you. I know you wanna you, you wanna meet your real father, but I am your father. Like I'm gonna take care for you, care of you, provide for you, and make sure you live the best life that you can live. So that part was definitely um it was definitely heavy for me. But if you haven't watched that show, check it out. I watch it on Hulu, and it's an NBC show, but I it's really great. So check that out. And in music, I actually had a chance to check out the new John Legend CD. I'm not sure if anyone's heard it yet. It just came out on Friday, December the 2nd, was it? Yeah, Friday, December the 2nd. But it's not, I mean, I like it. I just, I think I like the last album a little bit better. But it was something that I could definitely listen to again and enjoy. Um, He's always has these, like, love songs that just pull at your heartstrings, so that I feel like that's what he's known for. Um, but I loved it. You know, it was good. All right. It's time to get into the main topic that I wanted to talk with you guys about today. And it's about your own, everyone's worst enemy in this world. I saw this video on Instagram by Danielle Brooks. I'm not sure if you guys all watch Orange is the New Black, but I have watched every season. Um, I try not to binge watch it, but I I watch it on Netflix and she is curvy and just beautiful. Like she has dark hair and she is just pretty active person. And she was talking on Instagram in this video about going to exercise. And she said she likes to work out with her sports bra on. And she said that just makes her feel good. That's her new thing. And she's working out and this lady comes in who's like super fit and she felt bad. But she had to check herself and say to herself, okay, I'm comparing myself to her. I don't know her. But when I compare myself today to myself yesterday, that's where I get this confidence. That's what makes me feel good. That's what keeps me motivated. That's what keeps me going. And she just talks about how you shouldn't compare yourself to other people, which is totally true. But it's hard not to do that in this world of... Instagram filters and always being turned on to just tell yourself, okay, I look good as I am. I look better than I did yesterday or I didn't eat as much junk food today as I did yesterday, so so I'm better off. It's hard to look at yourself and say, I'm good where I am and not compare yourself to other people. But I really appreciated everything she said because it's so true. You, you, me, and we all get caught up in this cycle of saying like oh well I'm not great because I'm not like that person or um for me personally when I used to run races and um run 5k's and half marathons and 10k's I would always look at the person running in front of me and say like oh I gotta run past that person or look at the person beside me like oh that person looks like looks like they should be slower than me because they're older or it looks like they should be slower than me because they're bigger and for the longest time when I first started running, I kept doing that and I wasn't getting better at running. I literally was running the same time and finishing the races at the same pace because I was so focused on that. But when I was training and running by myself, all I was focused on is myself and me beating myself in the previous times where I had where I was slower. So I'm saying that to say I had to change my mindset when I was in the midst of a race. So when I would get into these races after that, I'd say, okay, I know last time I ran a five, a 10 K in an hour and five minutes, what can I do to beat that hour and five minutes on the next 10 K? And I did the Peachtree road race every year for several years. So that's the easy way when you're running the same race, the same route, Um, if for, for you guys that don't know, the Peachtree road race is a big race in Atlanta that literally is only on Peachtree road. And it's the same route that starts at Lenox mall and it ends at Piedmont park. So that's a good way to tell how well I'm going to do in a race or not, because I've run that same route every race. And I've done that same race four times. So if I started at one Oh five, well, how do I get down to maybe one, one hour next year instead of doing it 105 or 106 or 110 get it down to just one hour perfectly on the diet which would be 10 minute miles how can I get down to that level instead of me running the race and looking at the person next to me saying they shouldn't be on my level I don't know what level they're on you can't there's no comparison I can look at someone and say, well, they shouldn't be able to run faster than me, but I don't know what they did yesterday. I don't know what kind of training they did. I don't know what got them to this level. And I can't do that. And thinking those things was keeping me from becoming a better runner because I was so distracted by someone else's race. So I'm saying all this to say, I think that We have to dig deep to kind of find a way to just remain focused on the race that we individually are supposed to run and let go of the idea that we're competing with someone else and looking at what the competition is doing or what stop seeing them as competition because oftentimes they're not even competition. If I'm running a race with 10,000 people, which is the case with the Peachtree Road Race, I'm not competing with these people. I'm just running the race. I'm I'm not a competitive runner. I'm doing this because I like to run and because I like the 4th of July theme of the race. Because it's literally every 4th of July, every year that this race happens. And I want to get my shirt because the shirt is the big thing that draws people to run the race. And when you have your shirt on after the race, everyone talks to you, says congratulations. They talk about the race if they ran it. It's like an instant friend maker when I go places if I have on a Peachtree Road Race shirt right after the current year's race. So, instead of me focusing on all those reasons for running like the camaraderie, the 4th of July, you know, doing it with my family, I was more focused on, well, this person next to me shouldn't be beating me and I need to run faster. Not the right thought. So, what is a way to just check yourself before you wreck yourself, which is the way I like to think of it. Like how can you make sure your heart and your mind are in in the space to focus on your race and not worry about someone else's. Here's a couple ways that I do this. The first thing I would say is really try to get to the root of the problem of why you're so focused on what other people are doing and not focused on yourself. For me, when it came to running, I was more focused on what other people were doing because I didn't want to put in the actual work to become a better runner. I started looking at all the things I had to do to get better at running, and I really wasn't ready to fully commit to doing them. So instead of changing that perspective and really going all in for it, I was more comfortable looking at what everybody around me was doing and focusing on that. When I have no control over what anyone else is doing or how anyone else is managing their training. So that really wasn't effective for me to look at someone else and what they were doing or how they were doing it. Cause I could never fully 100% know how someone else is eating, running, living their life and what they're doing day in and day out to become a better runner, except for myself. That's the only person that I have 100% full control over doing the things that it takes to be better. So that was my first thing I'd say is really try to find the root of why you're distracted and why you're focused more on comparing yourself to someone else than on your actual self. The second thing that I would suggest is stop starting and ending your day with social media. Give yourself time away from it, time to decompress from it, time to not be so absorbed by it. Uh, And I say that just because a lot of things that are happening on social media are not 100% real. They're staged, they're put out there just for people to see um, and for people to put on a show and to pretend that things are happening that are really not. I love social media as much as the next person, but you really have to have... Boundaries around how much time you spend on it. I promise you, if you spend five to 10 hours on social media a day, you're going to get consumed and wrapped up into what you're seeing out there, and that's not real life. I struggled with this a lot for a long time just because I work in social media. So I'm spending a lot of time in that space looking at what other people and organizations are doing for my job. So as a result, I had this come to Jesus moment with myself to say, okay, on the weekend, I'm spending less time in this space. And I also just came to the conclusion that I can't look at this and give it too much thought. I can't, I can't compare myself to these images that I see out there because I know as a person who manages the images and writes the stories and puts things together for for organizations that this is to help drive business. Um, And I know your friends aren't driving business but they're putting out the best images that make them look like the best version of themselves, the most optional images. Like people aren't putting out images that they think they look bad in um, Most people aren't. So they're putting out the best face that they have. And, you know, we all know what it's like when you come home and you take your makeup off and you have your like acne cream on at night. And like last night, I literally had like a mask that I wore to bed over some breakouts that I have on my face. So I'm not putting that picture up on Instagram. I'm putting the headshot that I just got back up. So look at it that way. Like, yeah, the headshot looks great and it looks nice, but it took a lot of effort that I'm not putting out there to get to this image of what you're seeing. So don't ever look at it and think like, Oh man, I don't look like this person. Well, they're not showing you the dirty grunt, hard work that it took to get there. Or you don't really know what that person's been through to have a smile on their face in one picture online that was taken in a moment in their life. And they're putting it out there forever. So detoxing and spending time off of social media will really help help with managing any type of thoughts of comparison from one person to the next. So I highly recommend that as a strategy to keep you focused on yourself and your vision and your own future. The third one that I talk about would be to just leave behind negative influences. I always think about this one Rocco song. I don't know if you guys listen to Rocco, but he has a couple of songs that I still like to hear. And there's this one called Squares Out of Your Circle, where it just talks about getting the people out of your circle who aren't for you. And there'll be some people in your life who are not 100% for you. So you have to be careful about what you share with them and how involved you let them be in your life. And there are different people in all of our lives who don't 100% support us or don't hundred percent root for where we're going and you start to realize who is there for you and who's not there for you. And for me what I started doing was just sharing maybe like one kind of big dream that I might have or want to do with the people closest to me. For example, I was telling people that I wanted to start a podcast. Um and I remember telling one friend, like hey, I, I want to start a podcast and I just got that like dead silence and just kind of like a blank stare and the reason why I got the silence and the blank stare is just because this particular friend doesn't listen to podcasts so they really didn't get why I wanted to do this or what the meaning of it was and after more discussion later because it is my friend after more discussion later and we talked through it I realized oh I don't think she was trying to not support me. I really believe that she just doesn't get what a podcast is. She doesn't get the hype. She's not really feeling it, but she believes that I can be successful at whatever I'm going to do. So she's okay. And that silence didn't mean she doesn't support me. It just means she just doesn't listen to podcasts. Um, Or another one would be, I think I told someone, Oh, that's what it was. I wanted to save like a really large sum of money. And the response to that was just well as soon as you save it you're gonna just use it up for for one big purchase and be done with it like i don't know what's the point in saving it and that type of reaction tells me okay i don't need to share this type of information with you like i don't need to 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 share this type of dream with you because you're not really interested in supporting me you don't really see it happening let's not talk about it i'm still gonna do it anyway And so, like I said, I would share little tidbits of things that I'd like to do with people in my life and you start to see which ones are totally down for pushing you in the right direction and then which ones are kind of like, nah, I don't think you can do it, but good luck. Um, And that's fine if they're like that. Maybe they have other value to add to your life, but you start to discern what you can and can't share with the people in your world. The final thing that really helped me keep focused on myself was to live in the present moment. I used to get so caught up in making mistakes and that was really unfortunate just because I'm gonna make mistakes Constantly, I'm going to make mistakes every day. I'm going to fail at things often. And I and I feel like the fear of making continued mistakes kept me from trying new things, kept me from putting myself out there and, to, and kept me from stepping outside of my comfort zone. And in all those places are where the really awesome things happen for me, like the times where I just walk up to strangers and start conversations or I used to go to networking events or I used to be on dating apps and put myself out there there in that way and I didn't always get amazing returns but I I at least tried at those things you know and I think that that's the first step is that you have to at least try if I never tried all these things and I can't say that they didn't work for me like I can't say that tinder didn't work for me if I never used tinder and there's a lot of people out there who don't use dating apps but talk about how much they suck and I'm not that person I want to be that person who has tried something And didn't get the results that I wanted, but I'm able to evaluate what I did do in that space and come up with a better strategy to improve on how I go about getting the results that I wanted and continue to push forward towards that. And another thing that I used to do was really come down hard on myself and be really self-critical about past mistakes like oh I failed at this or oh I didn't do this well or oh I should have done this better or I, sh- I would be at speaking events and I criticize everything that I did like oh why did I wear this shirt and just all over the place and the thing is you have to let that go like it's past like all that all those moments all those times are over with and Keeping my mind on the present moment like, okay, I can evaluate where I went wrong, what I did wrong, my past failures and mistakes and learn from them. And that's one big thing that I learned um, through church. I go to Buckhead Church and our pastor, Andy Stanley, preaches about that, about how evaluated experiences are how you grow. When you evaluate what you did wrong and you improve on that, then that's how you grow and get better. I search for jobs for the longest time trying to find the best fit for me working in digital and working in social media and I know this this whole story will be like a whole nother full-on podcast because there's so many things I'd love to share with you guys about that but one area where I really messed up while going through my search would be that I kept doing the same thing but expected different results I expected to get the opportunities. I expected for people to find me, but I kept doing the same thing and was not getting the results, but I was expecting to get better results. So I had to reevaluate my whole process and change the way I was doing things in order to really see the results. But I would never have done that had I not evaluated how much effort I was putting in, my methods in doing it, tweak my resume to the extent that it went from getting maybe 70% of the responses to jobs I was applying for to 95. So I would not have improved my method had I not evaluated what I was doing, and made the process better for me to become more attractive to employers. So you have to let go of the past. And if you're currently doing something that is not getting you the result that you want, you have to change what you're doing. And that's not always the easiest thing. It's it's definitely very humbling to do sometimes. But is it worth it? it it's totally worth it. And you have to make a change somewhere. Like you can't continue to beat yourself up for the past or continue to, to put in effort that's not getting you the fruitful results that you desire. You have to make a pivot. All right, we are changing things up a bit this this time. Uh, I know I normally do the peak in the pit And that's what I call it. But I just came up with a fantastic idea to call it the shrew and the untrue. Since this is the untrue show, with the shrew being the negative part of things and the untrue being the positive. The shrew is going to be comparison. It really is the thief of joy. It robs us from seeing our own unique gifts. And that's really unfortunate. The untrue is going to be the fact that we live in a present Moment, like we live in the present moment, and you can make the decision today to try to be more focused on your gifts and your strengths and your uniqueness and less focused on how you stack up in comparison to the next person running their race beside you or people that you don't even know on the internet. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I'm having a lot of fun podcasting so far, and I have so much more that I can't wait to share with you uh please subscribe i'm in on itunes and google play and i can't wait to share more for you with you guys later if you'd like to follow me on twitter i am the great dana j on twitter and hope to talk to you guys soon bye